Welcome to the Brick Business Show, where we talk about Lego investing, Lego reselling, entrepreneurship, and how people all around the world are using the thing that they love, Lego, to create an income and build a business. What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Brick Business Show, where we talk about business and Lego. And today I'm joined by Heather from Pixie's Brick Shop. Super excited to talk more BrickLink because it's been a little while uh, for me. And also Brick and Mortar Store. Heather, you have tons of really interesting stuff going on. Uh, you got to be pretty busy, it sounds like, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh... <laughs> From the moment I get up until I lay down in bed and pass out. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, much appreciated. I always like to start off with, um, you know, the, the beginnings and where Lego started for the guest, right? So so in your case, did you grow up on Lego? Like, when did Lego become important uh, to you in general? Um, I actually didn't really start until a couple years ago when my son got old enough to start getting into Legos. My husband, Jay, was he grew up with Legos and he loved them. So we went to a Lego store one day and uh, Kai, he was he had just turned five at the time. And we he finds this pirate ship, that creator expert one that was like 16 different bags. And I had to put it together. It took two days i think so he ended up going to his other dad's for the weekend and came back to this beautiful pirate ship and it was it was so fun to put it together for him and see how excited he was about it that i was just like all right we gotta buy more lego now wow wow so pirate yeah i mean a pirate ship is a great introduction it's such a fan favorite um so you kind of like you had never built anything before on your very first set as a pirate ship yeah i can see the uh <laughs> I can see the instant, instant love uh, beginning. So um, you said this was just a couple of years ago. So kind of roughly how many years have you been, you know, involved in the world of Lego in general? Um, really, that that was the start. Uh, when was it? A year ago this month, actually, was when I started getting everything um, up and going on BrickLink and first started selling on there. BrickLink and uh, Breakout, too, actually. Um, but yeah, for the first year before that, that was when we were just putting together Lego stuff for my son and we m made a little city for him. And of course he destroyed it. So now we've got to put it back together. <laughs> so you, you jump really quickly into the business side of Lego, then it sounds like. Um, so I guess, you know, where did that come from? Did, where, like, where did you hear about uh, BrickLink and selling Lego parts online in general? You know, it sounds like. It was very fast after you just started kind of building for amusement. Well, it was a, a little bit of luck and bad luck and um, a lot of help on Jay's part because he had actually thought about doing it before, um, I think a year or so before I'd even really gotten into it. And uh, then back when COVID happened, I had lost my original job. I was able to find another job, but then I ended up getting a uh, a traumatic brain injury at that job and it's it put me out of out of work for a while and out of everything the only thing uh bricklink actually kind of helped because i could it was something i could do with not a lot of light and uh and just sit there and sort things and have something to focus my eyes on um and then jay had already known about bricklink and he'd been watching uh pop's block shop so right. that kind of helped us figure out where to go from there and 
he did a, he helped a lot when we first started out and he's a little colorblind so i had to help with the color um, <laughs> but yeah that that kind of led me to where well i have to make some money somehow if i can even contribute a little bit then at least i can feel like me laying on the couch all day is gonna help something yeah yeah i so I love that story because, you know, it's it's really impressive that to see cases where selling Lego, Lego parts or sealed sets or whatever it is, minifigures, um, you know, has given people kind of another avenue to build a business, um, especially when something hasn't gone right, you know, and, and you're not the first person I've talked to who had unfortunate kind of uh, fallout from COVID and, and, you know, lost a job, turned to Lego and has built something really amazing, you know, and as we can see here, if for anyone who's watching on YouTube, uh, Heather behind her has her BrickLink uh, drawers. And I love the look of a BrickLink store. It's always such a, an impressive kind of thing because the work that goes into it um, is is massive. So um, that, so that's really, so you were watching Pops Block Shop and, and another shout out to Derek from Pops Block Shop for anyone else uh, who hasn't seen his content. If you're interested in BrickLink, what a place to go, right? Because he's so transparent. He shows everything he's doing, you know, these lengthy vlogs of kind of the whole behind the scenes of running a Brickling store, including his numbers, right? And then showing kind of some of those things. Was that one of the things that you kind of focused on in the beginning was like the numbers and the financials? Is this thing possible? Is it going to work? Looking at people like Derek's, you know, videos about his numbers and different things. Did you run spreadsheets in the beginning or was that a concern at all? Um. In the beginning, I just kind of like floundered my way through. <laughs> um, his, it really helped looking to see how he did his part out. And uh, there was him and there was um Brick in the Bucket. I actually had some really good t tutorials about how to use BrickLink and like how to get it actually uploaded. So I did use the, uh, some of their videos as far as like how to get the parts in there. But uh, I used his how he did his drawers and uh and numbered them and everything and how he how many he we started out thinking that we could just put like three different parts in one drawer and then we realized pretty quickly that when you have a lot of one part that's not going to work out yeah. um so we used his mostly for that and then as it started growing and i got more like several orders a week then i was like well yeah i probably do need to be like pops and start keeping a record of like how much I'm doing in sales and shipping and all that and make sure that I am actually making a profit. Um, the biggest thing that pop block shop had was um, I just always call him pops. I forget his name's Derek, <laughs> but uh, the biggest thing that he had that really helped out was how he, um, the math that he used to decide if a set was really worth it or not. And that I think is one of the biggest things that's helped make it profitable so much for me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so it is it's like I'm hearing that it is the kind of thing that, you know, it just comes over time. It's not it's, you're not going to get it perfect in the beginning. Um, you know, over time, you will change the way you, you look at these things and using as much information as we can get from places like YouTube uh, will help give us the confidence to start. And then when you get your dip your toe in the water, then you can start to optimize and improve uh, and different things like that. So since the beginning, you've been doing it full time. That It sounds like right. Pretty much. Um, when I first started out, I still was, um, it wasn't very long after I had my, my accident. So, um, 
full time for me was really just like maybe an hour or two a day. It was pretty much just whenever I actually felt good enough to get off the couch and be able to do something, I would do a little bit. Uh, Jay was a huge help with that. He worked, but he would come home and he, he'd help me out too. And he'd take care of the house. It was, it was a really rough time. Um, once I finally got into a doctor and was able to start trying medicine, I was able to start like getting up a little bit more, going physical therapy help too. So as I got more and more off the couch, it did really just become a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear as well, by the way, about the, the accident. Um, you're feeling kind of a lot better these days. Yeah. Um, I've had to come to terms with things that I can and can't do now. And, uh, the fact that I'm probably going to be on medicine the rest of my life, but, uh, okay. definitely a big step up from how it was back, back. Like, yeah, it was, it was a year ago. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's, it, it's crazy to think how much has even happened in just one year. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so, in the beginning, um, was it was it completely part outs or I, well, I guess even to this day, is it mostly part outs that you're doing for the Brickling store? Do you do used lots and different things like that as well? Um, I did try out doing used minifigures in the in the Bricklink store at one point. Um, the biggest the hardest part about that on Bricklink at least is that some people are very particular about having the right head type if it's a really older one because some of them have like the um, hole stud and some of them have the one where I can't remember the term for it. Open yeah, open stud and solid stud. There we go. Um, so if, if you put the wrong head that has the wrong stud on it, some of them weren't happy with that. And there's just very tiny differences like Iron Man and Batman. <laughs> uh -huh. So it became really hard to kind of, uh, I started having a lot of problems with the used minifigs. So I really just sell those in, uh, in brick and mortar store now and stick my, most of my used stuff or my new stuff in Bricklink. Yeah. Okay. Super excited to talk about the store, the brick and mortar store as well, by the way. Um, seems like it is uh, quite recent that you've opened that, but uh, we'll, we'll jump into that in just a little bit. So um, in terms of the part, the sets that you're parting out and on different things, how do you think about your sourcing strategy? Is it mostly like a three times um, uh, part of value that you're looking for? Yeah, I try to get it to where it's at least two and a half. Sometimes we'll uh, we'll take one that's a little bit lower if it has certain parts that I've sold a lot of. Like um, the ones that sell the biggest are probably dark blue gray. Um, pretty much anything dark blue gray is going to sell really quick. Uh, mm -hmm. Then I've also noticed that orange is actually certain orange pieces are very popular because they're so rare. They're so hard to get a hold of. So sometimes I'm willing to go a little bit lower just to be able to get those parts that I know are going to sell anyways. Um, but generally two and a half, definitely nothing less than two. And uh, we usually, and at one point, the biggest place to get them was looking down the clearance aisles at Walmart. <laughs> but yeah. Sometimes the, sometimes even the ones that just come out can still be worth money. Uh, a lot of times that's usually the ones that have really rare mini figures in them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so is it um, when you're kind of in, during clearance season in Walmart and you're, you're kind of looking at what's on the shelves and different things, you're literally pulling up the part of values on the fly or do you kind of make a hit list before that and you know exactly what you're looking for and kind of you go looking for specific sets? 
Uh, most of the time we'll do it on the fly because uh, we found that when I try to do it online and so and get it figured out when we get to the store, that set will either not be there or it's more expensive than it is online. And uh, at one point the store here price matched their online, and then at one point they said they didn't, and then I heard later on that they did. I don't know. So it's much easier and much less time consuming, actually, to just go there and see what they have. What After doing it so long, we kind of have an idea of what to look for, which ones will probably be worth parting out. Um, so we'll just kind of stick to the basics or if there's just like one or two of one of them that's there and be like, all right, let's see if that one, because if, if there's just one, the next time we come, it's going to be gone. So we will start there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And do you, so do you need a certain quantity before you're going to want to part it out? Um, I've parted out just one set before. If it, if it's really worth it and there's only one left, I'll go ahead and part it out. Uh, I really don't, don't worry too much about it. Okay. Usually I, I like to have at least three of a, a set to part out because that gives, gives you the most of that piece. Cause with BrickLink, the biggest thing is that the more pieces that you have of that part, the more likely you are to sell it because a lot of people like to buy their parts in bulk. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they're mock builders and different things. Um, and so outside of Walmart clearance, is there any other kind of major, um, you know, without giving away your secrets, but is there any other major way that you like to source? Do you do like open box on eBay or any of that sort of stuff as well? Um. That's more of an in-store thing, honestly, uh, the brick and mortar store. And, and since I don't, if I don't take it and open it, the box myself, I don't trust that it's not new. Um, so I, and there've been, been times where, and like, I've even went to other stores nearby that aren't necessarily Walmart, but they'll do like trade-ins for Lego or something. And they'll say yeah, like, yeah, this box is, is sealed brand new. And then you open it up and it's not. Mm -hmm. So uh, I try to, and try to make sure that what I'm getting is genuinely new. And if it's not, then at least now I do have the store. If, and so if it ends up being used, I, it's not like kind of wasted on it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it is kind of difficult um, for anyone listening or watching, you know, if you're buying sets and you see seals that are tampered and you're looking for a new set, you know, which is what I do like with Lego investing and holding them in sealed condition. If you see seals that look like they were opened at some point, you can't really sell it in new condition, you know, because you don't know if someone took out the minifigures and different things like that. So just always kind of pay attention to the seals, I guess, is, is the, the quick learning. Um, so you mentioned that, you know, some of the colors sell, you know, a lot better than others. And you also have, you know, your certain multiple at either two and a half times uh, what you can pay for, or at, at the absolute least two times. Are there any other requirements that you have when you're sourcing the sets? Do you look for, or even maybe not requirements, but preferences? Like, do you look for minifigures kind of a lot and avoid something like a Lego art set that has no minifigures? Um, or is there any kind of anything else that comes to mind on things that you would avoid and things that you would look for when you're sourcing? Yeah, um, really the the other big thing is the minifigures. Then I have bought sets that didn't have minifigures in it, but usually that's for the, the colors. Um, I've been... I don't get friend stuff just as, uh, or I didn't before just because the friends minifigures 
they'll take a while to sell, even if you do have a bulk of them. Um, so I try to stick to the, the minifigures, uh, the ones that are, are really good. Um, there are certain ones that you can tell like that haven't and have only been in a couple of sets. I, I like to focus on those too. Um, so yeah, biggest priority is yeah how, how profitable it is, what kind of colored and unique pieces are in there and the uniqueness and how many minifigs are in there too. Yeah, got it. And then do you do any kind of analysis on the actual parts on BrickLink? Like, do you look at the market, how many have sold of that minifig and different things like that? Do you go to that level of level of depth or do you, do you really kind of care enough at that point or at that stage when you're, when you're initially sourcing to look deep at kind of some of the more rare parts or minifigs inside the box? Uh, initially when I'm just trying to decide if I want to buy it or not, I won't. Um, once I actually get into uh, where I'm parting it out and everything, I will kind of look at that. And sometimes I'll uh, even use that for my basis of whether I'm putting it in brick length or uh, selling it in store. Got it. Okay. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you about brick L because I saw, I think I saw on your Instagram that you do have a brick L store as well. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And for anybody uh, who hasn't kind of heard of brick L, it's basically like Bricklink. So you can sell parts, minifigs and different things. Um, they're big kind of a catalog database type website um, marketplace where people can go and order specific Lego parts, um, very like Bricklink. So I wanted to ask you, I guess, how has your experience been between the two platforms? How does BrickL fit into your strategy? Um, how different is it from BrickLink? Is there any kind of things that you prefer about BrickL? Is there any things that um, you don't like about it? Well, BrickLink is definitely more comprehensive as far as... I've never tried to part out on BrickL, but um, I... I like BrickLink better as far as parting out and being able to see my inventory, update inventory, and um, generally anything that requires a, a, a lot of more in-depthness, BrickLink's definitely better for. Um, Breakout has actually been my moneymaker the last two months. BrickLink has slowed down really dramatically, but I'm still getting several orders a week just from BrickL. So um, generally the uh, BrickL stuff, does it is usually in smaller quantities so smaller packages uh but i have i also do have multiple uh repeat customers on breakout whereas with bricklink i might have two or three most of the time they're newer uh, it's always a new customer on there um so yeah bricklink is really good for just kind of getting the word out for myself and being able to check my inventory um i do use uh, another a software it's called brick freedom and that helps me to where i can just uh i can upload everything into BrickLink and then have it sync to breakout so i don't have to sit there and go between both of them and get it all figured out and everything and then when i get orders in i can go into brick freedom and just uh and just part them all out right there and get them packaged and ready and i don't have to like go in all kinds of different directions yeah, so it kind of puts your BrickL store kind of on autopilot, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's it's definitely a helpful tool. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And so it's actually really interesting to hear the differences in terms of the you know what you're experiencing with the buyers and the orders or order sizes being different and um, and things like that. It's also interesting to hear that BrickLink is kind of you know it's been coming down a little bit in terms of volume the last couple of months, and BrickL hasn't. Um, do you do any eBay? 
I tried when I first started. Um, I put it, I had a lot of, I started out with a lot of minifigures because that was the easiest thing for me to, uh, to do and get ready and everything. Um, I had, uh, I had my store open. I had a bunch of minifigs up there. I uh, even had a couple people buy like the first, second day. And then after two days, eBay shut me down and said I did something that got me permanently banned. Um, nothing I did helped with that. I couldn't get them to stop. So I, I just kind of gave up on that front. But they were also taking a good portion of the profit anyways. So when I compared how much I was able to sell it for on eBay versus BrickLink, it really wasn't that much profit I was making because of all, everything they were taking. Yeah. 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 That, that it, there is a significant difference in fee uh, between eBay and, and, and BrickLink. Um, I, what's the, is the BrickL fee more close to Brick, uh, BrickLink? Like kind of. Just yeah. yeah. I think if I remember correctly, I think BrickLink is 3% and I think BrickL is like two and a half. Wow. They're really, they're somewhere really close together there. Yeah. Yeah, so we're very spoiled on those those two platforms. I sell on Amazon, which is higher even than eBay, and oh, yeah, man. it's pretty substantial. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you just kind of broadly, what's a day in the life, um, you know, running a Brickling store for you? Do you have a certain kind of a structure to your day that you want to try and um, uh, kind of live by? Do you try to do certain things in the mornings and, you know, kind of broadly, how does your day flow? Um. I say a lot of it a lot of it does kind of depend on what I'm doing here at the store too but as far as BrickLink even before uh, the break and mortar I uh, really was just uh, the first thing I would always do is check for what kind of orders I got in and get those packaged and ready because that you know, can definitely be time consuming especially if you have a lot of them and I always try to get them out as quickly as I can um, that way I'm not packaging them all and if there's a lot of packages, I might have to wait until the next day to take them to the post office. But I usually try to pack and ship out the same day that I, I get them in, if possible, and at least the next day after. Um, once I've gotten the packages done, then I'll uh, I check through, see what kind of things I have to part out. Um, I have to kind of base it around like when my son gets out of school, too, and everything. So... Uh, that's when I'll, I'll get my table out and get all my, my drawers put out and just part, part out as much as I can. Um, usually it's really a full day to put pack, make packages, part out and then get it into the, into the system. Yeah. And more of the weight of the day is probably the part out stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially, um, there was the biggest one I did. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was, I think 5,000 pieces. It was the Ninjago big temple thing. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. It took like at least three, maybe four days to fully part out. And then I ended up having to get another software. I think it's called brick store just because yeah. I found out after several attempts that it was just such a large part out that BrickLink could not accept it. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to another one and fill all everything there, part it out through there, and then uh, take it in pieces and upload it into, into BrickLink in several different pieces. Wow, okay. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was horrible. <laughs> I had heard those horror stories of large part outs, and with BrickLink, it just times out. Uh, yeah sometimes because when you go to that part out on bricklink um you know it just got has the entire inventory on one page and as you're working through it 
and kind of updating uh you know each of the lots it could take a long time and then it's just timed out by the time you get to the end uh brick store is a piece of software that you install directly to your computer so it's offline you know you don't have these problems um so that's a really good kind of a, a an example as to I was because I was going to ask you about your part out process and you know like how do you kind of think about parting out in general, and um, because you know a lot of a lot of bricklink sellers have different ways that they approach it and some people use kind of cups and some people use like part out directly into drawers and there's kind of all sorts of creative stuff that people have come up with with barcode scanner scanners and, and things like that. When it comes to something like a large set like Ninjago City Gardens. How did you approach that? Like, how did you even have enough space physically to part out that set? Did you like, did you do it by color? Did you do it kind of um, bag by bag or how did it, how did it all flow? So the way I usually approach it and uh, space, space is interesting with that one. Um, the way I usually try to approach it is um, I'll take one bag at a time. I have the, these yellow sorting trays that we got from Harbor Freight Um I think they're usually used to like put nails in or something. I don't remember, but yeah, there's just the, I call them my sorting trays and I'll, uh, I've got five of them right now. So I'll divide them up and I'll put a bag in each tray. And then I try to go from there by color and I'll try and leave myself a gap. Cause I know I'm going to have a lot of black and a lot of dark gray and then just kind of move it around as I need to. Um, it's easier for me that way because that way you're not just like putting it all in a giant pile and then hoping for the best. And and then when you're when I'm sorting on Bricklink to start putting it into the system, it's by color anyways. So it's helpful to just start from the black and then go down, see what I need to put into my inventory, what I've already got. Um, with that one in particular, I had a table um, at the house. I didn't bring it up here. At the house, I have a huge gaming uh computer desk so i cleared the whole thing off and just i was putting little drawers everywhere i could find space and sometimes i was having to sideways stack the drawers on top of each other but <laughs> so I, I think at one point i ended up having to put some on a chair wow. <laughs> it was it was oh man yeah, I ran out of drawers at one point. That was what was helpful about Brickstore with having being able to do it in pieces. That way, I could go ahead and put it into a, uh, one of my drawers that I had, and uh, where it, if I already had the part, I could just add it to what I already had in another drawer, and then just use that for another. Oh man, <laughs> it so gets interesting. Brick, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with Brickstore, it kind of gives you the ability to basically break up the whole process and actually put away some of the drawers after you've kind of done a phase of it. Is that right? Yeah. And you can do it with Bricklink because when it shows up after, after you put in what set you're parting out and it shows all the parts in it, it will tell you that you already have this one in your inventory and you can yeah. click on inventory details to find it. The biggest problem with it though is, um, if you're using Bricklink like that and you have to do something and before you get finished with your whole part out, then you can lose all that progress too. And then you have to go find where you put things um, and make sure that you have the right number in it. Cause there have been rare occasions where the amount of parts I actually got wasn't the right ones, or I'll go back later and find that there was one tiny difference and I didn't separate them right. So then you've got to go track it down. Um, so brick store is a lot easier if you think that it's going to take you multiple days to get something done to be able to just leave that up 
put what drawer you're putting something in and then be able to come back to it and know exactly where all of your stuff is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So in the last year, since you started the Brickling store, when it comes to parting out, what are there any changes that you made over time or any kind of improvements that you made over time that come to mind? Anything that you, you know, you wish you knew at the beginning to improve your processes? Um, you know, what kind of improvements have you made today that you didn't have when you first started? Um, one thing that we did eventually add was the bigger drawers. I started out with just the, the little ones because I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to get a whole lot of one part anytime soon. Uh, quickly found out that was not the case, <laughs> uh, especially when we got the bigger sets that have like 40 of the same part. Um, so we got, I had to learn about mul using multiple drawers. Um, stickers were also hard. I was trying to find good places to put stickers in drawers where they weren't getting messed up. So uh, just recently, actually, I realized, why don't I just get a binder with the little sheet protectors and put them in that? And it was like, that's an amazing thing. Why did I not think of this a year ago? <laughs> and um, I have shoe bins. I finally kind of gotten them emptied out as I got more of the bigger drawers to uh, be able to put them in. Uh, the only, the biggest thing really was the little accessories and um, windows, the things that can scratch real easily. Um, I made the mistake earlier on of putting the easily scratched windows and things in with other pieces and then they're scratched up and I can't really sell them. So now I try to divide them into something by themselves or uh, at least somewhere where they're going to be nice and snugged in so I don't have to worry about that. And then I like to have the accessories divided up too. So um, I think it was actually something we even saw on uh, Derek's YouTube where he had them in the um, tool trays uh, that um, handymen and theme carpenters will use to sort their nails, different nails into. So we ended up getting some of those and that worked amazing for the, the little accessories and these tiny little parts that are going to get lost in, in everything else. It's, it's so fascinating to listen to, you know, the, again, it comes down to creativity and the different ways to organize the inventory. Um, I think everybody who's listening to this needs to pause if you are a Bricklink seller and, uh, and make sure that you have one of those binders for your stickers because it is absolutely like the hands down best way that you could ever store something like your stickers, you know, in terms of the space saving the amount of stickers you could put into a binder versus if you were trying to put them in drawers in your regular kind of, uh, you know, parts, um, inventory system. That's, that's great. So I think that's a really good uh, tip. So, um, how has the store grown since then? Right. Because like in terms of physically an actual space, because this is definitely one of the big challenges. It's probably one of the things that stop a lot of people from even ever trying BrickLink is, you know, I don't have enough space in my home to kind of do um, these large part outs or I don't have enough space to put drawers on the wall. Um, did you have a kind of a spare room dedicated to it in the beginning before you moved things to the brick and mortar store? How did that all play out for you in terms of physical space? So that definitely is a challenge. We had a, uh, we had a small room upstairs and uh, the biggest thing is it did have four windows. So there wasn't a gigantic amount of of space in there. Uh, we did have, um, I had shelving, um, shelving racks that I had some of my, uh, anything that I wanted to part out up there, anything I wanted to hold on to. 
So I had a little section for that and the shipping supplies up there. Um, and then really did have to get kind of creative with it on starting a, as close to a corner as you could and then kind of wrapping around, going below the window and then coming back up. Um, and then at one point it got to where we were, we actually had to build a piece of plywood out of the wall to add more storage to. Um, so it, it kind of, it, we got a little lucky with being able to come up here before it took over the entire room. Cause our next question was going to be, do we need to downgrade my giant desk into a tiny one to put more, <laughs> put more <laughs> drawers up on the walls? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess like you were kind of looking that you could allocate an entire room to it, but at the same time it, you know, it didn't give you everything that you needed. And eventually you expanded into a brick and mortar store. So I'd love to kind of start looking into or talking a little bit about uh, about that decision. What kind of gave you the idea to open a brick and mortar store? Uh, where did that come from initially? Uh, that was another of Jay's dreams. He always wanted to uh, he always wanted to have a toy store, and he had actually done conventions in the past where he sold collectible toys and things like that. So uh, he was he was working on his own business and. Uh, the, we were starting to come out of COVID. Everything was picking up our downtown. There's a lot of businesses starting to move in. So we were like, well, if we don't do this now, then it's not ever going to happen. So we just kind of did what we always do and dove right in and hope for the best. <laughs> and we got lucky. We found a, a really nice place that not a lot of people uh, were really interested in because the floors were so bad. And uh, since the landlord knew that, she was like, I'll, I will fix the floors for you. <laughs> um, okay. So and we ended up getting really lucky with that because it ended up being pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what kind of place are you in? Is it like inside a mall or, or what kind of retail space is it? Uh, it's we have our our own space. It's technically a suite because it used to be one big building, uh, depending on who you talk to in town. Uh, the <laughs> Older, the older people that have been here a while call it the old Belks building because this is where Belks used to be. Um, it until recently was probate court, so <laughs> we still get people coming and asking where where court is, and so we have to point them in the right direction. But uh, they did divide it into three separate areas, so there are two businesses within the building, but each of us has our own storefront. Okay. Okay. Well, and is it like right downtown or is it on the outskirts? Oh, it's right downtown. Amazing. Amazing. So what kind of what process was that like for you in terms of finding that space? Like, did you have to look at a lot of different spaces? Did you have something in mind that you were, you were aiming for? Well, even before we really got serious about it, we, we always uh, walked downtown. Like even during COVID, we tried to walk downtown just to get out of the house and, so we'd see all the places that were up for sale or for rent and we'd kind of look into them and get an idea of what, you know, what, what could we do if we had this space? So we already had a couple of places selected that we wanted to try. Uh, the favorite one was already taken by the time we got to where we were actually wanting to uh, go through with it. So this was kind of like our second one. Like this is, this is a really good space. It's really nice and big. There's, uh, there's just a couple of things other than the floors that we really needed to do with it. So we wanted something that wasn't going to be a huge maintenance thing for us either. So we yeah. kind of lucked out on being able to, to get this one. 
yeah you had to jump on it fast <laughs> the yeah. first one's gone we got to take it um yeah that that yeah it's it's such a fascinating thing to me you know the like the brick and mortar world because i know i would absolutely love to do it you know i would love to run a physical lego store i do too much traveling and different things there's reasons why i i, I don't feel like i could do it but i i would love it and so I, I guess it was a really exciting time, but also quite a scary time, right? Because you obviously were making an investment in something that is kind of hard to know if it's going to work, right? Because we talked about how BrickLink, you can see other people's success on YouTube and you can see their numbers in some cases. With a brick and mortar toy store, even if you could see people's numbers, if it's in a different city, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to really be a good forecast as to what you might be able to achieve in your city. Uh, very, very difficult to be able to gauge the likelihood of success in something like that. So I guess, how were, you know, what was that like for you? How was, how did you feel coming up to that? Was it scary or more exciting? What, you know, what was your thought process going into it? Um, it was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> like, <laughs> we were, it was, I mean, we were very excited about it too, but, but yeah, it was, um, and even just opening a brick and mortar store in general, trying to get financing as a small business. And uh, especially when you literally just start out, it's really hard to do. Um, so every, everything basically felt like it was very last minute. Like, Oh, we finally got the funding. Okay. Let's do this part. Okay. We need some more funding. Oh, thank God. Right when we needed it, <laughs> we got more. So, so it was kind of like just having to break it down into steps and pieces of, all right, this is the most important thing we have to do now. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it is really hard to gauge like how well you're going to do, especially because there's not a lot of stores that are like what we're trying to do. Cause it's not just Lego or, or a lot of places around here are just like card game places uh, so we, we've got Lego, we've got toys, we've got collectibles, comics, um, trading card games, Dungeons and Dragons. So we tried to make it, we wanted it to be somewhere where anyone that wanted to come could come and have fun and enjoy themselves. Because that was one of the biggest things that York was lacking. There's a lot of kids that were walking around just and had nowhere to go. And a lot of the people that do come in even now will be like, this is such a great place i had nowhere else to go or i had no nothing else to do and even the parents like yeah i i needed somewhere for my kids to go and just have fun with other kids so uh it, it ended up working out really well that's fantastic yeah absolutely and i i really think it's super important um you know to to make a toy store into a place where people are excited to go you know and just spend time uh in order to compete with e-commerce right and compete with amazon uh, the only reason people are not going to Amazon is because they want to physically hold the stuff and they want an experience or they want to talk to people who are nerding out about the thing that they love with them, um, which is, is super important. So you mentioned there's a handful of different things that you're stocking in the store. Um, I guess like, so was that, was it always the vision for the store to not be just be Lego or was there kind of a, a point where you started to pivot and realized, okay, we should, we, we have actually have, opportunity to bring in, you know, trading card games and different kind of things. Um, what was the vision uh, originally? And, you know, have, have you stuck with that? Or did you pivot for an opportunity? Uh, the vision was actually really a combination of me and Jay. Uh, Jay's the one that's really big into the collectibles and the comics. It was things that he grew up with. 
Uh, it was something he'd already had experience with, with going to the different cons and selling them. Uh, I won. My biggest thing with toys is what would my child want? Like what kinds of things would I want to go to a toy store to find? Uh, in in York, there's really the only other place to go for toys is Walmart. So Walmart's good, but there there's certain things that they don't have that I wish that they would have, like things that are more local, uh, better made toys that aren't just like plastic and that's going to break. And after a couple times of him playing, um, he he has a lot of different delays and things. So we've had to. Uh, with a speech therapist and an early interventionist, we've had to do a lot of like sensory kinds of things. And that's not something that you can just go find at Walmart. And even his therapist would be like, yeah, I have to, I have to go to Amazon to buy everything that I need for my kids because I need certain things that's really going to help them with lights and sounds and, and textures and things like that. And yeah. so I wanted somewhere where if you needed something, we'd have it. If we don't have it, you can tell us and I can try and get it. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that sounds fantastic service that, that, um, again, will bring repeat customers and people coming in. What are some of the brands in terms of the toys that you stock? Do you do things like Funko Pops and Barbie and some of those real popular brands? Um, looking into hopefully being able to get Barbie. We just got, um, we just got Hasbro, but we haven't quite gotten there yet because we've been more focused on the trading card games um there's i think it's called fun little toys they have these little um flashing octopuses that the little kids can put in the the bath with them and that's been one of our biggest sellers actually um but yeah we have lego uh, we do have some hasbro and mattel that we've gotten from other distributors um as far as trading card games we got magic pokemon uh Dungeons and Dragons. We've got Chessix for dice. I uh, just started getting some My Hero Academia stuff, uh, trading cards in. Um, yeah, we do have uh, board games. There's Calliope, uh, Fireside Games, Talking Table, and uh, we actually just got Asthma Day as well. So we're in their bestseller program. We have uh, their top 40 bestsellers. Uh, just got put into our store yesterday, actually. Amazing. Um, one of the brands, it's not really a popular one, but as far as our store, it's really popular. Uh, well, actually, Barrington is popular. We've got that one. Um, but there's one called Khalid Medieval. They're from Spain. And they have, it's all Renaissance mace, uh, weaponry. So like axes and maces and, and swords. And they even have shields and costumes and everything. And the little kids go crazy over it. So, and we have it, we have it set up to where it's interactive. So kids can actually come in and play with some of the toys. And then every time they play with those, they're like, mom, we got to get this. And oh, that's so fantastic. I love it. And what is the approach for the Lego that you stock? Is it new items or do you also sell used items? Oh, we actually do both. Um, we were able to get a distributor for Lego for the new stuff. So we keep that separated from all the break link and break out because that's just the contract we have. So all of our new stuff does go out there. And then we also have used from where we've gotten it from uh, usually some places like Goodwill on online. Uh, we can buy it in bulk. We'll get it all cleaned out. And uh, we try to, we'll part out or we'll take out as much of the minifigure stuff that we can find. And we have a big bin where kids can just go through and even adults too, actually, will 
you can just sort through what what's out there, pick pieces that you need, fill a bag up and and pay for it. And then uh, the pieces of minifigures that we find will we'll see what kind of uh, like if it's a specific head, we can we'll look into like what body and everything it goes to. And we've actually found a lot of used minifigures and we'll sell those separately, too. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of have like a tray of minifigures, you know, like separately near the register or something like that. Yes. Fantastic. And do you take trade-ins or anything like that for Lego? Yeah, we um we do trade-in for a lot of different things. Um, Lego and, and Lego and trading card games are the biggest trade-ins right now. Um, but yeah, we've had a couple people come and um, usually we'll just have them bring it in. We'll kind of take a look at it to see how much we might be able to sell it for. We've had we do have a couple of like fully completed sets that have been done um our display window is actually uh my husband made a castle by himself from some of the used lego that we've gotten in <laughs> like a like a uniquely designed one yeah oh well i love yeah it. he's yeah. creative like that <laughs> yeah that's great um so in terms of comparison between your lego products and the other stuff that you're selling is lego kind of the best seller brand of items that you stock in general or kind of are there, are there other items that are selling better than Lego in general? There's other stuff that's actually selling better. Lego is starting to pick up. Uh, we, uh, this is actually, what's today? Mm, yeah. So in, in a couple of days, it'll actually be four months since we've been open. So right. we're starting to finally get a lot of these people coming in and realizing who we are. So there's been a couple of sets, um, that have already sold out and i think like th two or three of them have been star wars uh, <laughs> so certain certain ones are selling out really quickly um i sold out of the horizon zero dawn tall neck yeah, not long yes. after i got it and i mm -hmm. cannot get it back in stock <laughs> <laughs> so it's not one of the best sellers that we have right now but more people are starting to realize what we have uh I will say the used Lego is actually probably one of the most popular things. Mm. And whenever people come in and just see, like even, like I said, even the adults, they'll come in and just see this giant thing of Legos and they're just like so excited about it. And so at first they'll just start playing with it. And we have a little Lego table for kids and they'll play there and they're like, well, well why don't we just go ahead and grab a bag? <laughs> why not? Love it. Yeah. And in terms of the like getting set up with the distributors, it sounds like that is a, like obviously one of the big challenges for people setting up um, like a, a brick and mortar store. Uh, I guess how has that process been for you? Has it been a total headache? Um, are there certain ones that are just kind of you just can't get in with, and there's massive restrictions on? They kind of only work with certain size stores and different things like that. There are certain ones. Um... When we originally started, we were trying to get in with Hasbro, but um, Hasbro and Mattel are really hard to try and like figure out how to get into until you've been open for a little bit and you, you've got some some places you've just got to find the right website that you're needing. Because um, sometimes if you go to the person's, uh, the company's website, they don't actually have the wholesale stuff there, but then you can find another website that actually talks about wholesale. Mm -hmm. um, Lego was really hard to get because I actually had to have my store open before I could even apply to get it. Um, so that was interesting. And I was really glad that I didn't base everything off of 
having a bunch of Lego starting out. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest things is having to meet certain minimums before you could order. Uh, some of one or two of them have it to where you have to have a certain minimum just to get like free shipping. So the biggest thing is really trying to balance out like what kind of budget you want to do for each place, depending on what kind of minimums you have, your shipping and uh, different things like that. Um, yeah. From, yeah, that, that's pretty much the biggest the biggest headaches with it. So having to be open before you can get Lego uh, is, again, a scary thing because now you're kind of asking yourself, if I can't get this, I got to source from Walmart and try to, you know, try to make things work that way. Um, so is it Lego Direct that you're partnered with or is it Toy House or one of the kind of distributors? It's Toy House. Right. And do they have any restrictions on um, on you needing to stock other brands in the store before they will partner with you? Because I've heard that there are kind of some, like maybe not with Toy House, but with um, Lego Direct, they don't want you to just be a Lego resale store. They want you to be a toy store before they'll, they'll partner with you. Did you have any questions about other types of brands you're going to be stocking and different things like that? Um, they did ask about what other brands, what other kinds of, of toys and things that we were going to be selling. Uh, they, they do put in their contract where anything that you get from them, you can't put in your brick and you can't use for brick link, brick out or you know, yeah. eBay, anything like that. Um, so then, so I'm very meticulous about keeping all of that separate from the online business. Um, but yeah, they, they wanted, luckily they didn't want, you didn't have to be open for like a certain amount of time. You just had to at least be open. And since we already had some other brands that we were able to go ahead and get in and get set up, we did a, a soft opening where we had like half of our store filled up and right. there was a big event going on downtown called Silver in the City where a bunch of people with their Airstreams come and just show off their Airstreams. Uh, so we were able to do our soft opening and take pictures of us actually being open and being like this. And they also wanted pictures of like, they want your store. They want to see like you have actually product on your shelves. They want you to uh, take a picture of like where specifically in your store you're going to put it. You've got to talk about how you're going to like get it out there that you, you're selling Lego, how you're going to like brand it, make it look <laughs> So many right. questions about how you are going to sell the product. Yeah, before you probably even know the answer to the questions. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to put it on this shelf, I guess. You know, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> this shelf looks pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very meticulous. Um, and I, I did want to ask you about that process in terms of the marketing of this. You know, and you're opening a store and you're, you know, luckily it sounded like there was a perfect time for you to do a soft opening. But was there kind of, did you do anything else in terms of getting the word out? Did you kind of look at social media or try to talk to the newspapers or anything at all like that? How have you been thinking about getting the word out? Um, we did, uh, our town does a grand opening thing for pretty much anyone who asks for it. And uh, since I'm also in Taekwondo, which is right next door, um, Mass Robin was just coming up on her one year anniversary of being open. So I was like, well, that's perfect. And then uh, the guy in the back had actually just opened up the beginning of April and we opened up at the end. Uh, so we we're like, well, let's just do this huge building grand opening thing. Uh, we did try to get like news people here, but since COVID, apparently uh, a lot of them have had issues where they've been so swamped and had so few people working, they weren't able to to come out. But they did still 
Uh, we had a, a big ribbon. Some of the kids from Taekwondo had come out too. Um, then the mayor himself was there. He talked about uh, about the stores. Let us introduce our our own places and everything. And uh, they had they recorded it themselves and put it on their Facebook page. Um, and then just the, the store owners in downtown are are a big community really. So they they. I'd go and I went to all of their different stores and I'd be like, hey, I have a I have a flyer and some business cards. Can you take them? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So like everyone had a, had a, a flyer for us put up in their window. Um, and we had one time when we were here late and painting, we had Domino's delivered and the delivery guy walked in and he was just like so amazed at what we were doing. He took a bunch of flyers and every time he would deliver a pizza, he would give them a flyer too. And he actually, he's one of our DMs for uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And then uh, I DM a game so that he can play too. And so, yeah, just the people in town in general are just <laughs> word of mouth. It's the best way of getting us and getting us out there. Word of mouth and pizza guy with flyers. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic. Anybody who is thinking about opening a store, that's what you got to do. Get in with the pizza guys. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's name. actually still in the phone, the store phone's contacts as pizza guy. <laughs> I know his name, but I still like to call him pizza guy and he loves it. I, I love it too. I think it's great. Um, so now, um, you know, now that you have the brick and mortar store and it's in full swing, and you also are still running a Bricklink store, Bricklink Brick Brick L. How do, how is your day in the life today? Like how you know how have things changed? How have you fit the brick and mortar store into your your kind of day? Um, you know, do you still look at online orders in the morning and then turn your attention to the brick and mortar? Like how do, how do you balance everything? Um, very delicately. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the store, the brick and mortar store opens at 10 um, and we're closed Sundays and Mondays because uh, downtown has this thing where they're just, they're always closed Sundays and Mondays. They're, um, hopefully maybe next summer we can try and be open some Sundays now once we get customer base be like, hey, yeah, we're open. Um, so we're closed Sunday, Mondays. That helps. So then I can actually be home and taking care of my my house a little bit and paying attention to the dog every now and then um and then i'll really i'll come up here if i have a lot of orders i'll try and come up here before 10 o'clock uh, i'll get the store open everything turned on then i'll go back get all my orders taken care of online uh, there's a post box right nearby so i could just pack them all up and then just go over there put them in the mailbox I'm friends with the mail lady too. So she's the one that actually told me, oh, yeah, just go put it over there. I check it every day. So, so I try and get that done immediately. So I know it's going to get shipped out that day. And then do stuff uh, at the store. I do have a, a Facebook and Instagram page for the brick and mortar store itself. So uh, next thing I really do is I have to go through and see what posts I need to put up and I try to schedule them at least a week ahead of time if I can. Um, yeah. Checking inventory, seeing what's out of stock, low stock, where I need to, which distributor I need to go to to get it. So by the time it's about one o'clock is when I finally start getting all my basics done with both stores. And then I get like 30 minutes to eat before I have to go get my child from school. <laughs> 
Um, then I have a little bit of time to, and, you know, there's always customers coming in and out. So that kind of prolongs the other things too, but you know, sales, it's always nice. And I'm, I like yeah. to sit and talk to some of them, like you said, having that interaction and uh, hearing about what they like. And it's like, yeah, if I, if I don't have it, I, I would like to have something that I know is going to sell and that people around here are like. Um, the kids are always amazing. I had one of them tell me that this was better than Toys R Us. So that was oh, a wow. huge compliment. <laughs> like, yeah. yes, did my job. <laughs> but also, um, I practice and help teach taekwondo as well so by four or five o'clock i'm over there and jay's having to take over the store for me right and i don't think you mentioned parting out right yeah <laughs> that <laughs> i try to do at least twice a week at least once a week if i can uh it really depends on how busy we are so I, tuesday through thursday are the days that i try to get that done when i um Fridays and Saturdays, it's just going to be so busy and, and I'm not going to get it done. So if I, usually if I set aside time Tuesday through Thursday and clear off our giant table back here, uh, that's when mm -hmm. I try to get my part outs done. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that, you know, with obviously less focus on part out, um, you know, it's going to be hard to grow the Bricklink store the same way that you've grown it for the last year in terms of at the same pace. Has the growth slowed a little bit? Do you mind because the, the brick and mortar is going so well? Are you reprioritizing a little bit away from Bricklink and more toward the store? How are you kind of thinking about continuing to grow the Bricklink store with the brick and mortar being, you know, uh, so time intensive? Um. It started, it did definitely slow down a good, a huge bit when we first got the, the brick and mortar store going, just because I ha did have to put so much attention into it and getting it up and running. It's gotten to the point where it's starting to, to balance itself out. Um, and of course, there's always probably going to be times where I'm going to have to give the brick and mortar store more focus than Bricklink, just because like, uh, with Magic, the Dominary United pre-releases coming out. So I've been having to do a lot with getting the store ready for that. And then we've got Summerfest here in York this Saturday. So it it's a huge problem with balancing. But now that we've started, I've started getting things in like a schedule of when to do stuff when, uh, it's helped out with freeing up more time for me to focus back into BrickLink. Um, and now that I've been able to do that and start uh, parting out more often, the it's slowly but surely the sales are starting to increase again. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of the long term vision, you're still feeling good that you can continue to, you know, you'll grow both concurrently, um, and you know both will go well. You don't feel like if brick and mortar goes really really well, maybe you'll turn attention away from Bricklink or anything like that. Um. At this point, I'm. I'd, really would like to try and still do both of them. The, uh, I don't know, I've, Bricklink really has just kind of become a, a comfort for me too. Just it's one of those things where, because uh, I still do get bad days with my head. So it's one of the, those things where even if I don't feel up to doing anything else, I can still kind of at least relax while I'm doing that, just sit in a chair and, and do some part out. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Great. Okay. Um, I definitely wanted to just kind of quickly cover and we'll, we'll start to, to close things out, but, um, I wanted to cover, you know, in general, since you started both businesses and we can like, it's kind of two answers really Bricklink and brick and mortar, 
what are some of the things that you wish you knew in the beginning? You know, if you were starting right now, you were watching this video and you're thinking about starting a Brickling store, um, you know, what should you watch out for? What should you kind of just pay attention to a little more? And what do you wish that you watched out for in the start? And same question for starting a brick and mortar toy store. Um, that's kind of a hard one. <laughs> uh, I guess with, as far as BrickLink, I wish I would have done a little bit more research into it before I just kind of dove into it. So, um, you know, I did have Derek's channel, but then I also had to, there were some things that he didn't really go through, or it might've just been in an older video that I just didn't have the patience to try and find. Um, so there was a lot of having to look through YouTube and, and Google and, uh, and things like that to try and find answers to that I didn't think that I would need. Um, so really the biggest thing was just, I should have done a little bit more research into um, how to use BrickLink and BrickOut and then also uh, like with cells and like how do other people usually find theirs. Um, how the biggest thing and sometimes still I wonder like how do you know when a sale is about to happen because sometimes on YouTube videos they're like yeah Walmart's gonna have a sale today and I'm like how did you know that <laughs> and because usually by the time I get to Walmart other people already knew about the sale uh, so that that's still a good thing to to know as far as like getting the Brickling store going um yep. brick and mortar um I, I researched as much as I could for it, but it's one of those things that you don't really know what you're going to get into until you actually go for it. Um, so I guess really the biggest thing that I wish I would have known is how, how much each thing, the popularity of each kind of brand and different things like that. Um, I didn't get a huge response starting out about what kind of products and, and things that people would like to have. So we got lucky in the sense that I started small with a little bit of everything and then just grew the things that were popular. But had I known that one of our biggest sellers was going to be like trading card games and Pokemon, I would have put more money into that than some other things. Um, so knowing your market really and in, in both in both places is the biggest key to making sure you're successful. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. I think that's really, really important. And last question for me is what are you excited about for the future of your business? Like when you think about 12 months, 24 months from now, what are some of the things that you're kind of really looking forward to? Um, really, you know, self-sufficiency definitely would be great. Um, it'd be nice to be able to have at least one employee so I can take a day off every now and then. <laughs> but uh, I guess, honestly, the most exciting part as far as the brick and mortar is how many kids we're starting to get in and seeing them not have to just roam around the streets, having somewhere for them to actually come and talk to other people who are as nerdy or geeky as they are. Um that that's the biggest part that makes me smile with the brick and mortar store is just seeing how much fun they're having. Um, and with BrickLink, that's, that's really kind of like my, my source of income and another of my kind of happy places. So with BrickLink, I just want it to be where it's profitable enough for me to continue being able to, to buy for it and part out, but also be able to pay myself as well. Amazing. Amazing. So much exciting stuff going on on the horizon. I absolutely love it. 
Well, thank you so much again, Heather, for for taking your time for being here. Um, where is your store located? Uh, it's in York, South Carolina. It's in Carolina. downtown York. Okay, so if anybody is in York, South Carolina, make sure you stop in at Pixie's Brick Shop. Is that the name of your brick and mortar as well? Uh, it's called Pixie's Keep Toys and Games. There you go. So make sure you stop in and uh, and say hi, check out the store and Pixie's Brick Shop on Bricklink. Um, so if you need parts, that's where to go. Um, thank you so much again for your time. Much appreciated. Uh, I'm going to have another one of these coming up in the next couple of weeks. So make sure to hit that subscribe button if you want to learn more about bricks and business. So with that, thank you so much for watching. I'm Shane from BrickBooks.net and I will see you in the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star rating. It really does help us to bring you amazing content. And if you want to learn more about building an income with Lego, check out BrickBucks.net or find us on YouTube at BrickBucks to learn about Lego investing.